You're listening to Panoptic Outre with John Genza and Jeremy Reckline. Episode 47 of Panoptic Outre. Thanks as always for listening at panopticoutre.com, soundcloud.com, and for subscribing and listening via iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Huge shout out, as always, to everybody who has liked us on Facebook and is following us on Twitter and Instagram at Panopticoutre. I am John Genza. And you can follow this Joker brother on Twitter and Instagram at John Genza. And I'm Native American Salami. You want to see some big, black, lazy dick? Well, I'm going to show you some dick. Look at the size of his cock. That's why they call him Black Salami. I wish my dick was that big. You got no wish to complain. That's right, big baby. And you can follow me on the gram and Twitter at Jeremy Reckline. We've been gone for so long, but in that time, we have plenty of things to talk about, including when grindering goes wrong, <gasps> Jer- Jeremy's former sponsor. Oh. Pornhub to the Panda Rescue. Yeah. And Starbucks and unicorns. Jeremy, we've both done a lot of traveling lately, and I, I guess we're glad we didn't have to fly United uh, for, for much of those affairs. Yeah, you know what? I did fly United one time. We'll get into that later, and that was a shit show. But yeah, these these plane rides these days, you catch an ass whipping if you don't get out your seat. Yeah, seriously. United Airlines, there was a, uh, a Dr. David Dow on, on board, and he was one of the four or five people who I guess were oversold on this flight, which I guess United Airlines is notorious for. I guess they do it quite a bit. And so he was asked to leave the plane. He refused. And he was basically beaten and dragged out of his chair uh, by, I guess it was uh, United Airlines security. It wasn't like an air marshal. It wasn't the feds. It wasn't the cops. It was kind of their own private airline security that dragged him out of his seat I believe he banged the back of his head on the armrest on his way out, and they just dragged him on the ground like a dog out of that out of that airplane. Yeah, dude was stone cold, knocked the fuck out, man, and then they dragged his ass. They did, and it caused a, a shitstorm in the news and just social media for days, for weeks. What I find kind of funny about it is, and my stance, and of course this happened a little while ago, but it's it's not dead yet until you and I either speak on it or decline to speak on it. So we're we're bringing it back up again. And my stance on the whole thing is, everybody was kind of in the wrong almost simultaneously here. So you're offered uh, points and vouchers to get on another flight for free. Just take it and get off the fucking flight. Don't cause a big shitstorm about it. But the way that the airline handled it with the excessive force completely unnecessary. But what my biggest gripe about the entire thing is all these people, all these social justice warriors who are like, oh, the United Airlines can't do this. This is fascism. This is police state. This is bullshit. Bull-. People have been getting their asses beat on airplanes for like 30 fucking years now. And now all of a sudden, because this happened, because it was on Snapchat or Facebook Live, you all of a sudden have an opinion on it. I don't. What I don't understand about this is with all the technology, and we're going to talk about different apps that we use to rent things, buy things, how they still oversell flights. Yes, like, seriously. You know there, there's 200 tickets for this flight. They're all sold, but you know what? Let's go ahead and sell eight more. Yeah, exactly. And hope that a couple people don't show up to the gate. And now this was like four flight attendants, and apparently airlines unions are very strong because if they decide that you know we want to get on this plane, you have to get off. But where they really fucked up. If they're into a situation like that, they're not allowed to let the people on the plane. Right. So let the, they let these people get on the plane. And then who flies? You're like, you know what? I'm going to the airport today. I hope I get on a plane so I can catch a flight tomorrow. You yeah. know, people are usually at an airline because they need to go somewhere today. Right. So excuse uh, 
whatever the hell his name was for not being. And didn't he have like a surgery to perform the next morning? Something or? like that. He was a doctor of some kind. He had to be in Louisville, Kentucky, where I believe the flight was destined for. And that's the other thing. If you're the United Airlines staff, you don't have any one of your million other fucking planes to go to shitty Louisville, Kentucky. That that was your only option that you had to force your staff onto and kick this guy off. I don't get it. So I'm thinking if I'm the person that they're beating his ass for to get the seat. Do you even want to sit there afterwards? No. Because it's not like you left quietly. I no. mean, they, 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 they UFC KO'd him and, and you dragged him out of there. You're public enemy number one. Everybody else is going to be giving you dirty looks, staring daggers in your direction because you took that guy's seat. No questions asked after he just got his ass whooped. And I like the media relations people who are defending the airlines are now like digging in this guy's history and like how he cheated in like junior <laughs> high, <laughs> like on a math exam. So he was a scumbag piece of shit who had it coming to him. And he deserved it. He deserved having his head bounced off of the arm rest and then dragged out like a, a mannequin or a dog i just don't understand how they do that how the fuck they do it? you know why don't they say hey you know what john i know you worked long hours today why don't you go to the hotel and fly out tomorrow and we'll give you the voucher seriously and how about this instead of trying to physically drag somebody out of their seat everybody off the plane now and then you pick the person that you don't want on the plane anymore that I, makes it so much easier or hey Four of you motherfuckers are getting off this plane one way or another. So who wants the fucking vouchers and the whole night, the hotel night stay? Yeah. Who wants it? Otherwise, apparently, and man, they fucking knocked him out, dude. Up the ante a little bit. Offer them more miles or more vouchers or more, yeah, an upgraded hotel suite instead of, I'm I'm sure it's the shitty best Western or La Quinta Inn that's attached to the, attached to the airport that they stick these people in. So just up, up the ante a little bit and you'll have some takers. That's it. I like there was a couple from Chicago who got a United flight like a day or two after this like this chaos ensued, and then they said that they like they, they apparently United alleges they tried to like sneak free upgraded seats, and they they were saying somebody was sleeping in our seat, so we didn't want to disturb them. But now, if you're United, you have to be very hesitant because you're already you know under the yeah, under the eye. You're in deep shit. But um, American Airlines. Man, they got to follow suit, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anything United can do, American can do better. Yeah, we're right there with you, going hand in hand. So there's an Argentinian woman with her baby boarding a plane in San Francisco. And she's got a a stroller. Like one of those double wide strollers. And this fucking guy, he looks like uh, Lieutenant Dick Mackey or whatever the fuck his name is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's got a Matt Pinfield lookalike. He's a, f- a flight attendant, but he doesn't look very typical flight attendant-ish. Yeah, and uh, he comes up and rips this thing out of her out of her hand and almost hits the baby. Well, there's a passenger on that who's like, "You almost hit a fucking baby," and stands up. And they start arguing, and the American airline flight attendant's like, hit me, hit me, as he's backpedaling. Yeah, as he's backpedaling. The guy says, if you would have done that to me, I'd knock you flat. And he's like, well, come on and do it then. It's like, are you fucking serious? You're a flight attendant guy. That's not part of what it says in your guidebook when you get hired to handle these situations. So you have this poor woman whose baby almost gets accosted by her own stroller because Matt Pinfield decides to go insane with with, uh, confiscating the stroller. But the good news for her was she was not only upgraded to first class, but she got a full refund and uh, vouchers to use in the future. I just and the guy's been suspended. The flight attendant. Yeah, but then like even the their union is like, oh, that passenger was acting on the line. Like, man, look at how your guy's behaving. Seriously, w- when you're saying hit me, hit me, bring it on, you're clearly you're loose. Just because you try to look like Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't mean you are. Yeah, these just he's clearly a screw loose. Because you know what I would have been like, excuse me, sir, please sit down. You didn't see what happened. This is this has nothing yeah. to do with you. But no, he goes all fucking bring it on, bro. He clearly snapped, and I think you and your many travels the last few weeks saw plenty of examples of why sometimes maybe these flight attendants or airport security, they do lose it sometimes because they've just had enough of it. I know you almost went insane on one of your flights because people just don't have etiquette, no respect for anybody. I didn't have to deal with that as much, but uh, you went on multiple flights and unfortunately came across it a couple times. Yeah, you know, um, I had a flight out of Tampa Bay the day after Easter. And we were flying to Atlanta, and our flight was delayed. And basically, everybody on this flight had a connecting flight. And you exit the plane. Row one goes first. Row two. Row three. All the way down. Well, some fat piece of shit. And I am talking a fat piece of shit. Just, he must have been sitting aisle somewhere back there. Came bowling up before the plane was even at a complete halt. 
and just pissed everybody the fuck off. And had I had I had an opportunity to say something or, you know, I was worried about getting home. Right. But it just it bothers me that people are like that. Just no consideration for anybody else, just all about themselves. I absolutely understand. You know, sometimes I've had, I usually get the window seat because I just like to look out. Sometimes I'll have the aisle seat as well. And there's been times when I haven't had any carry-on luggage. Sometimes I don't even have checked luggage. I'm just going somewhere. So I could, in theory, be one of the first ones off, but I'm in row 18. Guess what? Even though everybody else is taking their sweet-ass time and taking forever to get their carry-on luggage out of the overhead bins and to get off the plane, I still have to wait for those 17 other rows in front of me to get out first, and then I can make my way out. If I'm in row 18, I'm not bolting up to row 5 and shoving people out of the way to get off the plane. I'm not more important than anybody else on that plane. Yeah, and I oftentimes I check luggage. I mean, it's great when you can carry on, but, you know, when you bring multiple clothes and things of that nature, carry on's much easier. But I've noticed lately a lot of people bring on, like, eight pieces of luggage with them. And I'm like, I don't know how that flies. So you get in a situation where people are getting on the plane and they have nowhere to put, like, I had a backpack one time, a backpack with a laptop, some headphones, some chargers, and a couple other things. And I had to, like, stuff it under my seat and sit with, like, limited legroom because all the overhead carry bins were fucking... Loaded, so the official just, rule is what one carry on and a personal item, which pe- most of the time for some people, personal item means giant ass suitcase. Yeah, so if any of our listeners out there travel and have heard had similar horror stories, let us know. You can email us at panopticutray at gmail.com. I and believe if you've it had is. any horror stories as well, <laughs> send those our way. <laughs> so this actually ties right in because I was traveling to San Diego and I had myself a Weeks worst. I am returning a car. Just had my business travels. I get to the San Diego airport three and a half, four hours before domestic flight. Domestic. Try to return the car. Complete fucking nightmare. I eventually just park the car and leave it. Somebody acknowledges me. They're not. They're, they want to do paperwork, all this shit. I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Get in the airport. I'm waiting, 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 waiting. Waiting in this United line. It takes seemingly forever. Well, I get to the point where I'm about 40 minutes until my flight leaves and I still haven't even checked my bag. And I see a, a, like the, the news crawl. It says, if your luggage isn't checked 45 minutes prior to your flight, uh, you're going to miss it. Oh, man. I wanted to get home, man. Haven't been home at all. Ended up throwing away half my luggage so I could do a carry-on. And uh, I made my flight with like four minutes to spare. I got there, and like I asked the guy, I'm like, I have to pee so bad. Do I have time? He's like, you've got less than five minutes. So I ran to the bathroom. Got on my flight, but I threw away like a $250 pair of Red Wing boots. Ooh. Like my whole toiletry bag, you know, my original penguin case with all oh, my stuff in man. it. Oh, man. Oh, and some other shit just to make this fucking what flight. What was the original holdup with the rental company? They, they needed paperwork just for it, you to return y- a car? Y- y- you know, they were waiting, and I finally I just left the fucking car because there was like 20 people had returned cars, uh. and it's like you have to take a shuttle from the place, and that took forever, and then you're just filled with a bunch of goddamn Uzbeks that don't know how to fucking <laughs> act the right way. So I had to throw all that shit away. And of, of course, it's United. So I think I would rather kept my boots and got punched in the face. And what kind of arbitrary rule is 45 minutes out of a flight? I, I, I'm having a severe moment of deja vu here because I feel like we've talked about this before. 45 minutes before a flight, you could tell when you're seated and it's five minutes to take off. You could look out your window and there's still people putting your luggage in there. So 45 minutes, what the fuck does that mean? Hey, man, when I got stuck in Spain and they sent my luggage to Chicago and left me fucking, you know, in a soccer outfit in Spain, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know how the fuck soccer it works. Outfit. I, uh, I had an experience with um, not quite a rental company per se, but when I went down to Orlando for WrestleMania, I went through a company called Turo, T-U-R-O. It's not exactly a company. It's an app, actually. And it's much like the Airbnb of car rental. So anybody uh, who's approved can rent out their car on this thing. Uh, you You email back and forth. You message back and forth. You figure out a pickup location, a pickup time. They give you the keys. You already agree on the price. You could add on insurance pretty cheap so you're not liable for anything. Um, turns out I ended up renting a 2017 Chevy Cruze. Oh, through big spender, buddy. A, uh, a, no, actually, it was only 39 bucks a day. I was debating on going, you know, big time. But I was like, let me save a little bit of money, spend it elsewhere. I just need a place to get from, you know, point A to point B. So I rent this out, and, and it's a disaster. I land at the O'Hare Airport. I take a shuttle to this parking lot that's kind of 15 almost 15 minutes away from the airport itself 
and I'm supposed to pick my car up there. Long story short, it's supposed to be this black Chevy Cruze license plate, blah, blah, blah. The car's not fucking there. So I call the guy who I've been communicating with. He eventually finds out that that car is not available. He's like, but we do have a white Chevy Cruze. I'm like, is it the same year? Is it the same cost? He said, yeah, yeah, it's the same exact car. And so I have to wait another 20 minutes for that key to somehow show up because he has to email the person who's at the desk of this parking lot to approve everything because they're working kind of hand in hand. It's not the same company. So eventually half an hour later, I'm out of there an hour after I was supposed to pick up this car. So I would never recommend going through one of these small rental companies using Turo, but you might have a pretty good experience using just a individual, regular person. Saves you money uh, long term over using, you know, Enterprise, Budget, Avis, any of those guys. And uh, it's a very easy to use app. You just have to take pictures of the mileage and the gas and the condition of the car just so they make sure it's all the same by the time you return it. And that's the only hassle you really have to deal with. What were the were there a big selection of cars? Was there a good variety or Oh yeah, definitely. Uh and you could you could pick your range of prices. Like I could have had a Volkswagen Golf, which is a better car for cheaper. But unfortunately, the lady who was renting that out had all these rules, like it was an extra cost for her to drop it off at the airport, and you had to clean it before you returned it, otherwise you were service or you were given a service fee for not cleaning it. So I didn't do that, but you could have rented a sports car for $80 a day, stuff like that. It ends up being cheaper than your average rental company. And that's Turo? Turo, T-U-R-O. So I'd highly recommend that. So how was the Mania weekend besides your, were you, were you picking up Mad Poon in your white Chevy Cruze? <laughs> I did not pick up any Poon. However, Orlando, uh, not, not a bad city, pretty cool. Uh, went around the area where Universal is, didn't actually go to Universal Studios, uh, WrestleMania was great. The, uh, the cool thing about it was I used Airbnb like I normally do. I like to avoid hotels if at all possible. And, uh, why was, is that? You know, hotels, I feel like you're almost paying money to stay in somebody's studio apartment. All a hotel gives you is like a bed or two beds, a TV, and that's about in a bathroom and that's it. Whereas Airbnb, you could get the same price, sometimes even cheaper, sometimes even a little bit more, and you get an entire fucking house all to yourself. You have all this room. You could watch TV in multiple rooms. You have a, a an outside deck that you could chill in, uh, uh, different rooms, different stuff to do inside the house, and it just gives you more space, and it feels like you're staying somewhere nice. And these houses, most of the time, are never used by anybody else. In my situation, it belonged to a couple that actually lived 20 minutes away. This was their second home. Rented that out. It's used exclusively for Airbnb. It was clean. It was close to everywhere I needed to be. I never had to drive longer than 20, 25 minutes to anywhere. And then WrestleMania itself, man, that was a hell of a time. We took a lift to the stadium, uh, jam-packed with cars, with everybody trying to get there all at once. But we made it on time. Uh, the show was just amazing, man. Long, the, right? Six, yeah. Seven hours? It was, it was about like five hours and something. It went really long. And I, they don't give a shit anymore because they have their own network. So they don't care about what the cable providers say about pay-per-view and all that stuff. Opening show was great. Austin Aries, uh, Neville, uh, great main card followed by the kind of unexpected retirement, I guess, of the undertaker. So the crowd was taken aback highlight of it before we even get into the stadium bunch of people dressed up like their favorite wrestlers right there's this little dude chrome dome goatee no shirt wearing a leather steve austin vest oh american airlines he's flight got, attendant. he's got american, matt pinfield light wearing you know his jean shorts and everything like that and then all of a sudden he gets on this dude's shoulders and he starts like the what chant so he's like i'm gonna go home and drink one beer what drink two beers what, what? <laughs> have a shot of whiskey what and everybody outside was fucking chanting along with it it was great there was a dude dressed like rick rude and when we get there before the pre-show even starts you could see steve austin is sitting all the way down like away from us but he starts having a a match a legitimate match with a dude dressed up as uh the ultimate warrior and then a dude dressed up as rick flair gets involved and then there's a guy dressed as a referee who gets thrown in the mix and he starts like doing the three count and shit. And eventually Ric Flair won their little fake match. I come to find out on the internet later that none of those guys knew each other. They do it just like spur of the moment and everybody went nuts and it was great. And it, as nerdy as that sounds, as dorky as that, that that's great. That's what's a highlight of being at WrestleMania. You're just surrounded by all these super fans who do crazy dorky shit and it's great. 
So did you spend a lot of money on food and drink? Or and it's a long time. Yeah, that I mean, it was about four days. I went to this burger place, uh, Beth's Burger Bar, which I guess is kind of well known in that area. Fantastic burger. Uh, stopped by a couple other joints that were near where I was staying. Uh, this sandwich and tea spot that was uh, made a pretty good sandwich. Uh, yeah, just local spots I tried to try. How was the venue food? That venue food was venue food. It Same, was like hot. Special. Yeah, it's just, I got a bunch of hot dogs, a couple of cokes, a couple of waters to stay hydrated in that hot ass temperature. No boozing. No boozing. No, didn't didn't want to really. How many do people it. did you go with? I went with uh, three of my friends, and all in all, it was about seventy five thousand people at the stadium for WrestleMania. Raw the next night completely sold out, and uh, that was a great atmosphere as well. Roman Reigns came out at the beginning, and we were just booing mercilessly. He couldn't even talk for 10 minutes. It was fantastic. Yeah, he's a turd. Yeah, he is a turd. He is an absolute turd. So it's funny that you travel all the time, and I enjoy hotels because I like the fact that if, I mean, I'm very cleanly, but I like that, you know, somebody's going to come in and clean after when if I'm in a hurry. Sure. I don't, I'm not responsible for cleaning. I like the amenities that go with it. But I use an app, and I think most people do, or I think at least is the Hotels.com app. And it's like every 10 rooms, you get a free one for free. So a free one for free, a a, free. an 11th room for free. And so since I travel all the time and company pays for my rooms, it's like, you know, you get you just accumulate the free rooms. And it, it's based on how much money you spend. So if your average rental price is like 120 bucks, That's your 11th room, yeah. room, it's like you can pick from rooms or you can just pay the difference to upgrade. Nice. So it's a solid app for, I've never used Airbnb, but I think I will try it at some point in time. It's, it's, it's good. I do know there is something I actually would like to do with Courtney. We've talked about doing. There's an actual island you can rent off the coast of Belize for a few hundred dollars a night. And it's a small island. You get ferried out there. There's like a three-bedroom condo or a house on it. And that's it. Why the hell not? Do it. I mean, the pictures are beautiful. It's got like thousands of reviews. And all of them are like five-star or however they rate it. It's all top-notch. But it's your own private island. What do you do for food and stuff in that situation? Are there restaurants on that island? Well, there's, there's like people who like to fish love to go and get their own fresh you know i guess with seafood you're not a seafood but guy i'm not though, right? but there's a like a market place okay. right before you get on the ferry where you can take you know food to grill out and stuff like that interesting it's absolutely beautiful it's off the coast of belize and so airfare to belize isn't bad but that's one thing that you know enticed me about airbnb hotels.com i mean that's a pretty sweet deal for the the 10 and then you get the 11th free i don't know if they do this as well but my buddy patrick when he was booking his stay in Orlando, uh, what he ended up doing was going on Priceline where you could kind of do a, um, I, I don't know what the branding for it is called or anything like that, but you can give a price range and you say you want a hotel or resort near wherever you're staying. And they don't tell you where you're going to be staying, but you save a lot of money. So you book it, you get that big discount, and then they tell you after the fact which hotel you're staying at. He, for like $70 a night, ended up staying at this pretty dope hotel near Universal Studios. Yeah, I've done that. That's awesome. There's actually, if you look at Courtney's Instagram, she just posted something where you can book a whole vacation. You don't know where it's going. They take care of the airfare, where you're going, the whole nine, and it's at like a discounted rate, and it's... I would do something like that. I'm pretty spontaneous when it comes to stuff like that. I ended up looking at that, and uh, I'll post. We'll post on Twitter what the URL for that is. I, we didn't plan on talking about that, but I'll I'll jot that down. But when I ended up looking at that website, uh, I just I just read the cheapest thing, which was eight hundred dollars for a nearby road trip, and it says the destination is somewhere within three or four hours. You obviously need your own car, and they'll they'll tell you after you book. But my my hold up there, and maybe I just need to do a little more research. I don't know if you're essentially paying $800 for suggestions on where to go in that road trip, or if they actually book stuff for you and cover those uh, costs. They would have it. to book something, you right? You would think so, but I don't want to assume. That's why I want to look into it. That's a that's an expensive mistake. Yeah, that would be a very expensive mistake. I do one regret I do have for traveling is always taking the cheapest, not, not necessarily the cheapest flight, but not... I think I could have gotten more value had I selected one airline and stuck with that instead of using places like Priceline or just going to Google Flights and checking whatever. Yeah. I I'm I wish I knew somebody who traveled enough to tell me, hey, you need to stick with like, you know, Air Canada or who or even United or America and get the points and miles, get the free yeah. flights. Of course. Because I've flown every airline now and I've got nothing to show for it. Right. And, you know, it's been a lot of fucking flights. 
So if anybody knows, hit us up, you know, panapticoutregmail.com. And according to you, there's not really a airline to avoid, right? So despite all that experience flying... Frontier and Spirit kind of suck. I've heard Spirit, yeah. You know, they're routinely late. I used to have a real sour taste in my mouth with Southwest Airlines, but I flew this recent trip to Houston and actually had a great time. But it's a free-for-all seating. So I paid the extra 40 bucks to be like the first 15 people on the plane. Okay. So I get my choice of a seat, but I can imagine if... You're in boarding group B or C, you know, a, you just, you don't, you just sit wherever you're sure. lucky enough to get a seat. Of course, yeah. But uh, they didn't bring the carts up and down the aisle. They actually had like almost like waiter style where they came and took your order. And that way it didn't fuck up traffic for people that had to go to the bathroom or you weren't getting hit in your arm by a card or a big ass flight attendant. You know what I'm saying? The so. downside for me with Southwest is the fact that they only fly out of Midway Airport in Chicago and I live way too far, so that kind of pisses me off. And then they're just not as cheap as they used to be. I, You know, I, my, my last flight was incredibly cheap, and then I booked a flight exiting at uh, like 10 p.m., and I actually got done incredibly early, like 11 a.m., and I was able to grab an earlier flight for nice. like, you know, no extra charge. Oh, so that sweet. was actually, I hated Southwest. I used to bash them, so I'm... I left with a real positive taste in my mouth. Very first time on an airplane was Southwest, and I had a, a great opportunity. Kindly, piss off. Piss off. Piss off. Piss off. Piss off. Piss off. Kindly, piss off. Haven't so, heard this in a minute, Jesus. <laughs> so Southwest is in our good graces. But you know who, who's been pissing me off lately? Starbucks. And it's almost that Obama, that <laughs> Obama pissing me off. <laughs> I still blame Obama for the Starbucks mishap. So Starbucks comes out with this fuckachino, whatever mochachino, frappuccino, dickachino. I don't, I don't know what kind unicorn, of unicorn, right? Unicorn colored frappuccino. I guess it's like pink, blue, white, all this mishmash of colors. So not only that is that stupid, but of course all the sheep, all the Starbucks sheep are like, oh, I gotta try the the unicorn frappuccino because it tastes like. Uh, fucking horse dick or whatever it's supposed to taste like. Think about that. It, the, the marketing that goes into that, that there was such a crazy demand for people wanting to try it. <laughs> and I don't know. I've never tried it, but yeah. everything I've heard is it's sweet and sour and tastes like shit. Yeah. And I'm, then everybody's like, well, I got to find out for myself. Maybe I'll like the, maybe I'll be the unicorn to like the unicorn. And most of them come to the same conclusion. So my beef almost is not even with Starbucks. Uh, you have like all these people trying it just because everybody else is trying it. Not only that, it gets fucking, oh, my timeline on social media and everything just fucking filled with pictures of a goddamn unicorn frappuccino. I don't give a shit. I know. Just say you drank it. Say it once. You don't have to take a picture of the damn cup and uh, take a picture of your like three-year-old child drinking it because God knows they need sugar, right? Just give them a goddamn <laughs> frappuccino with 800 grams of sugar in it. But not only that, that spurred a little bit of a backlash, which I found was funny as hell. All these people with their memes, uh, they had the nutritional value of this frappuccino listed and then the sugar content was circled, and they're like, did you know the unicorn frappuccino has as much sugar as three Snickers bars? And I'm thinking, who gives a fuck because all Starbucks drinks have a shit ton of sugar, and you shouldn't be drinking those shits anyway, you dumb fucking <laughs> morons. So kindly piss off to anybody who has ever drank a unicorn frappuccino, posted a picture of it, or posted that fucking counter meme to it to tell you that it's the equivalent of three Snickers bars. Who gives a shit? Fuck all of you. He's red-faced. He's huffing and puffing. He muted his own microphone because he's so fired up. My kindly piss off goes to, I'm not one of those people like, oh, pussification of America and, you know, like bacon and all that bullshit. <laughs> I'm not I'm not about that. Sure. But, but. There's always a but. There is a school that Prince George is going to be attending. Kindergarten, preschool, first grade, whatever the fuck it is. This is Kate Middleton and Prince William's kid right in england yep prince george this school does not allow best friends and the reason for that is when you have best friends you hurt somebody else's <laughs> feelings that they're not your best friend so everybody is click in this situation you can't leave anybody out that's that is so fucked up because guess what in life you're not going to be friends with everybody no. you're going to have people who you're attracted to that you're going to want to do things with yeah 
And, and there's going to be people that come in and out of your life. You will be friends with them at some point, and then they go away. You go down different roads. You meet new people. It happens. Yeah, you know what? I've had friends who I'm not friends with anymore, and now I'm friends with different people because we have common, whether it's common morals, you know, common goals, common interests. Yeah. And, and it's I not like I have ill will towards people just because I'm not, we're not no, best friends. Just not meant to be. But guess what? I'm not, I'm not doing a podcast with anybody else. Me and John click. <laughs> yes. That's why me and John do the podcast exactly. together. Exactly. And a lot of people don't understand that. And uh, the other thing, and I know this is specific to me, so it's a little anecdotal. I get it. But in, in elementary school, I don't think I ever had a feeling of like, oh, God, I wish I was so and so's best friend. Why is this other person their best friend? I never left out, I never felt left out in that sense. I may have felt left out by you know not having a lot of friends in general, but I was I wasn't ever like I wish I was so and so's best friend. Who gives a shit? I mean, this isn't going to curb having a best friend. All you have to do is not label somebody your best friend, but there's still going to be the people that just kind of hang out together and form their little clique and be best friends with one another, whether it's in name or not. But man, I'm telling you, I'm I'm all about being thoughtful and considerate of, considerate of other people. I think it's a great way to be like consider how other people would be feeling and put yourselves in their sure. shoes. But I'm not going to not have a best friend, yeah, because somebody else might. That's, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous in yeah. my opinion. Odds are something is going on in your life. You want to tell somebody something. If you're not going to a family member, you're going to your best friend. If not, if not, you go to your best friend more than you go to your family. That's exactly. that's your person. Exactly. So I mean. What, what is the school going to do? They're going to be like, oh, so little Jeremy, we noticed you were only telling Tyler your big secrets about what's going on at home. Why is that? Why don't you share the same information with John and Timmy and George? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. How are you going to regulate that? How are you going to police that from, from not happening? You I, can't. I, I don't know how you would. Next thing you know, we're sitting here doing a podcast and you're out and Oliver Powell's in. <laughs> Damn Brits and their stupid school rules. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. that, uh, he, his feelings were hurt, John. Yeah, I mean, you're still my best friend, too. But <laughs> yeah, he's, my, he's my new best friend podcast buddy. He's po- he's uh, he's podcast best friend A, your podcast best friend B. But don't worry. All of us are best friends. Hey, you know who is not best friends is Matthew Herrick and his ex-boyfriend. Who are these two? All right, so Matthew Herrick was somebody that used the grinder app. My peeps, who used to pay me. Of course, <laughs> to represent Grinder. Yeah. And um, just a quick side note, I used to say that uh, I'm being paid and sponsored by Grinder, and people actually listening to this podcast downloaded <laughs> Grinder to try to follow me on social media. <laughs> they had no idea what it was, poor things. Yeah. So this dude says over the last five months, over 1,100 people have showed up at his home and his workplace <laughs> expecting to have sex with him. This is true. So how did that happen? 1,100 people in just a couple of months with, without his knowledge. So without he his knowledge. So he met a guy on Grindr. They must have had a bad breakup. And this ex-boyfriend started creating all sorts of fake profiles, listing his pictures, oh, his private man. details, and oftentimes saying that he was HIV positive. And so he was giving out these personal details. And these dudes, you know, were honey. You know, looking looking for a little butthole action. And they were just like, fuck if he has HIV, I'll just wear a rubber and still put it in his ass. I don't know. Maybe it's the thrill. Or maybe they're also as well HIV positive. I don't know. Russian roulette. But this guy's suing Grinder now. And Grinder's out of money because they paid me. Uh, I mean, Grinder's not at fault here, right? I, 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 if you want to be a scumbag, you could take any platform yeah, and do it, right? Exactly. So, I mean, there's no way to really prevent that. And then I just, I can't believe, uh, so he must have been responding to all of these people and setting up these fake little meetings. I mean, that's a full-time job in and of itself. I mean, think about it. Think you're on some kinky shit, right? And so say, say you're, hey, I'm into the rough stuff. I want to do like a fake rape scene. Here's what I look like. Here's my schedule. Here's where I work. Here's where I live. And then you, you've had this dialogue going back and forth with who you think is this person and guess what? You go at a certain time and you're there. Go at another time, you're certain there, and you try to like, you know, push for some sex. <laughs> some sick sex. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, of course. No, yeah. that makes sense. Hey, I'd, I'd love it if you donk me, donkey punch me when I'm not paying attention or, you know. Or just nut on my back. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> 1,100 dudes, though. He must be, he must be a looker or there's a lot of honey fellas in that New York area. 
I'm willing to bet that this person that I'm about to mention would probably have been all up on this opportunity if given a chance if they were in the same geographical area. A high school football coach, Jim Sharkey. Cody's guy. Cody's guy, yeah, for sure. Former former intern, former producer, Cody Murray, his guy. Former um, Chaglodites. Was, uh, mind you, a high school football coach, and he was up to some, some wild shit, some wild shenanigans at a cookout in Washington State. Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Washington. So it was just basically Idaho, Idaho <laughs> trash. So... I think you have the details, and so I'm just going to let you lay it out. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to preface this with I hate high school football. Not the actual sport, but the, the politics and the bullshit that goes into it. The I live in white suburbia America where they treat football like if you play high school football, you're like you're better than Jesus. Cause Especially you here in your suburb, yeah, absolutely. J- Jesus wasn't a left tackle who could protect the blind side, <laughs> so he doesn't have shit on these young football players. So this coach is throwing a barbecue, right? And they're grilling stuff. And all of a sudden he says, hey, you think those are big hot dogs? Look at this big dog. And he had his dick on a hot dog bun to show it to the, to the fucking team. To his own players. So now it's coming out that he was boozing at this party and he denies it. And he says that there was other other parents boozing, but he was not. And Okay, but the other parents didn't take their dicks out and put it in a hot dog bun. So who gives a shit about booze? So he's also, I guess there were some girls there, and one of the girls was friends with hockey players, so he was calling her Puck Slut (laughs) and Puck Bunny, and he said, he admits to calling her that, but he says it wasn't meant to be, you know. Oh, there's just a good old-fashioned roasting to boost her (laughs) self-esteem and confidence. Yeah, because, you know, hockey players don't play football. They're bitches. What an asshole. So now players are saying that on your birthday, part of Jim Sharkey's program was the other players would hold you down and put their fingers in your butthole, and it was called juicing. Who the fuck does this? Okay, can you imagine being on a football team and your and your head coach goes, "By the way, man, that was great practice. I'd like to inform you of a tradition, a long time honored tradition but this, here. This at, shit is real. And people don't fuck boy high school. <laughs> what we do on people's birthdays is we hold them down and shove fingers in their assholes. But high high school football hazing is like a real oh, fucking no, absolutely. Ser- a serious thing. Absolutely, but just specifically putting fingers in asses. Well, what does that even do? What does that accomplish? I, you know what? At a young age, I was put in roles of authority and leadership. So when I went and I learned about leadership, I was going to the wrong seminars. I was doing team building exercises. It was like all about positive, you know, affirmations and like, you know, building people up. All I would have known it was a pointer finger and a butthole. And we could get. Can you imagine the coach like, God damn it, Larson, how can you be expected to block for your quarterback when you won't even shove a couple fingers in his ass? I'm pretty sure that's the thinking behind it. Hey, if you're allowed to, uh, you know, if you're willing to put a couple fingers in the butthole, you'll be willing to put your life on the line for the player next to you. And I have no doubt this should happen. I went to school and I didn't play football. I was recruited to play football nonstop. You can skip class if you play football. They'd pull me out of school, out of class, gym teachers and teachers who were part of the football program. Oh, if you play football, you can do this, you can do that. I saw football coaches say things and do things that are totally not appropriate. Mm-hmm. If one of them ever said to, to little Kaya, they'd get a fucking Tanya Harding beat down. Sure. You know what I'm saying? That shit's messed up. And so. I think the high school I ended up going to years before then allegedly had some type of hazing situation happen that involved either bananas or banana peels and buttholes as well. So <laughs> I don't know what went on there, but but something allegedly, allegedly <laughs> happened. You, you see... You see just an orifice that passes waste. I see an opportunity to team build. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Uh, that's that's Cody's boy, Jim Sharkey, Spokane, Washington. Guy hasn't even been fired yet. Uh, he hasn't been fired? Is he on administrative leave or Probably anything? Probably like least? some paid leave or oh something fucking God. stupid. Oh, my God. How the fuck do you not fire that guy immediately? Man. You know why we don't have a producer or intern is because we were never juicing. <laughs> we never built the team. We didn't have the we didn't have the good foundation. You could build a beautiful house, but if you don't have a good foundation, it's just going to crumble. It's just going to crumble. I know. So we need. To, if, if there are any aspiring producers and interns out there, please send your resumes to John. Let us know if you like touching buttholes or like being touched in the butthole, and we'll get back to you. You know those female pandas? There's only about two days out the year that let you touch their, touch their butthole. 
Oh man, I'm pretty prude. Those pandas. Mm-hmm. The dudes, the two, the dude pandas eat all day and then sleep all day, and then for one to two days out the year, a female panda is down to, you know, knock boots. Other than that, she's doing whatever the hell female pandas do. And there's some zoos because pandas are endangered species who try to get pandas to watch other pandas fucking on video. So like panda porn, essentially, to get them turned on so they could fuck during other days of the year so they could, you know, reproduce and get the population up and booming again. So the company Pornhub, um, which, you know, great service to the community here, <laughs> thought, you know, why not put our, our talents to good use here? And they, in the middle of March or so, uh, decided to do this thing where the couples could send, or even random strangers who just fuck, would would fuck wearing panda costumes and then uploaded to Pornhub. And for every one of those uploads of panda sex, they would, uh, Pornhub would donate $100 to panda preservation nonprofits, which is a great idea. And that ended April 16th. So for about a month, they did that. And, uh, you know, hundreds of dollars got, got <laughs> sent to these panda nonprofits, which is a, a great thing. Why not? If people are going to fuck... Give them incentive to dress like pandas and upload it to their website. So Pornhub gets the views, and then in turn they could give cash to these these panda saviors. Hey, I have yet to expose myself to panda porn. Have you? No, I have not seen any of it. But now, you know what? I'm curious. After we're done recording, I'm looking that shit up. I don't care. I remember one guy, one guy made a, a comment about a, a thing called pterodactyl porn. Never checked that out either. I mean, yeah, does that people dressed as pterodactyls? I don't know. You know what? I can't spell pterodactyl. So. I can't either. I'm pretty sure it starts with a P, though, and that turns everything <laughs> yeah. upside down. No. But, you know, you did talk about Pornhub and Panda Porn, and Pornhub just did a first, an absolute first. You're not going to believe this. They debuted their first ever music video. All right. Is this Justin Timberlake? Is this the Beebs? Is this Rihanna? No, this is a gentleman by the name of Wheeler Walker Jr. He's a country musician. Of course. Wheeler Walker. <laughs> I can't believe there was a Wheeler Walker before him. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to give my son the same goddamn name. I did, When I heard Walker, I was like, please be Texas Ranger. Please be Texas Ranger. <laughs> is Chuck Norris on Pornhub? Yeah, so our guy, our guy, Wheeler Walker, I checked out the video. It's it's brutal. What's there, the name of the song? Do you have that on hand? Puss in Boots. Puss <laughs> And because I wasn't relied upon somebody else since we fired Cody, right? I went ahead and I took care of my own homework. And guess what? I actually have the lyrics. The lay it on us, please. All right, give me one second. <coughs> <clears throat> All right, this is Wheeler Walker Jr. Puss in Boots, as spoken by Young Bucker. All those L.A. West Coast silicone women, but really think they're hot. But it's no fun titty fucking titties when the titties are hard <laughs> as rocks. And, and in New York City, all them uptight biddies like to shave their cooch, but I prefer a little fur on my burger if you want me telling the truth. Then it breaks into the chorus. I like my puss in boots. <laughs> a girl knows who to honky-tonk, hums along to a Waylon tune while she's humming on my cock and balls. I want a girl in a cowboy hat. Her tongue knows where my butthole's at. Push poking on her daisy dukes. I like my puss in boots. And it goes a couple times. Second first. Well, the girls in Chicago, they can spit, they can swallow. And when they're on their knees, it's hard to stay hard when it's fucking in a car and it's four degrees. All the girls in Milwaukee want to slob on my cocky, <laughs> but I have to pass because I only get wood when my dick's good and southern ass. Chorus. I like my girl. I like my puss in boots. The girl knows how to honky tonk, comes along to a willy tune while she's hunting on my cock and balls. I want to get a girl in a cowboy hat. Her tongue knows where my butthole's at. Bush poking out of her daisy dukes. I like my puss in boots. Wow. Don't want them high heels when you're sliding up and down on my dong and they keep fucking flip-flops on your Birkenstocks away from my hillbilly cock. I like my puss in boots. Blah, 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 blah. I'm losing brain cells as I read this. Three major takeaways from that. He likes people humming country songs as they're blowing them. Yep. He likes a bush, and he yeah. likes his salad tossed. <laughs> yes. So he's kind of like an all-around sexual being. He also, I noticed that he just thinks everything rhymes with cock and balls. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
You would make a, a, a semi-decent rapper if he really put his mind to it. Yeah, so that's Wheeler Walker Jr. Dave and so Jude. why why is the music video on porn? Is there like there's fucking boobs. going? Oh, there's, that's it? There's just, just boobs. Just boobs. Okay. I've seen rap videos that are more hardcore than yeah. that. I remember BET back in the day at like three in the morning would show like the uncensored versions of certain yeah. music videos. I mean, if you want to talk about, I I think that Christina Aguilera dirty music video is more hardcore than this thing. That, that, that was my jam when I was a kid. You're probably right about that. I yeah. love that thing. She was hot in that music video. Yep. So while we're talking Pornhub and sex and puss in boots and fur burgers and salad toss- tossings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for those uninitiated, let me, let me explain. Having your salad tossed, according to Chris Rock, is having your asshole licked with either jelly or syrup. <laughs> but sometimes I think even the jelly and syrup is not necessary. A source close to me tells me that there <laughs> a source has told me that there's a a fappening 4.0 oh, good and there God. is more pictures ready to be dropped and uh some of the people that might be on this are the game of thrones girls more wwe girls ronda rousey miley cyrus sex tape and chris hemsworth's hog it said hog isn't Chris Hemsworth the one who was with Miley Cyrus? I don't know who Chris Hemsworth is. He's Thor, I think, if I'm getting my celebrities right. I don't know. I saw Miley Cyrus one time. She was dating a chick. She was kissing her. She just walked up yep. and fingered her. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Miley Cyrus, I feel like everybody has seen nude by now, so it's not a surprise. More WWE women. That's interesting. And then Ronda Rousey, which we've almost seen butt naked in that sports illustrated spread minus maybe some hands over her nipples but we basically saw her butt butt ass naked game of thrones girls that's kind of creepy because if it's the two that i'm thinking well, we, of, we're thinking it's game of thrones girls because it just says got it girls. did say got so, which i took as game of thrones it's got to be and but, i've never seen game of thrones and if that's the case if it's there's about four leading women two of them would make sense because they're completely of age but there's two other ones one of them, I think, is like 18, so just barely legal, and the other one's like 19 or 20. So it's a little, it's creepy because you wonder when these hackers got these photos and how old they are. Right. So uh, be on the lookout for that, I'm sure, because, <laughs> I mean, people don't – like, you know what? I just need to take nudes, and I need to – you know, when I have sex, I need to record it so everybody else can see. And allegedly because, these are being shopped around yeah, instead the, of just uh, uploaded directly. The guy that I was reading said that he has confirmed that he's seen these pictures. It's just waiting who's going to come up with the right price tag. I wonder how much hacking they do where – Let's say, for example, they got, um, I don't know, Whoopi Goldberg naked, and they're like, nope, this is not going to fetch me any dollars, and they just throw it in the trash. Or do they, like, purposely seek out all the hot ones? I don't know. I think there's people out there who'd be like, I wonder what Whoopi looks like. That's true. Or what if they hacked into my computer and they just got unedited Panaptic Outre? This <laughs> is just nothing but just verbal. Just Jeremy <laughs> Dong pictures and unedited Panoptic Outre. Yeah, just, yeah, no, no, no Dong pictures, buddy. <laughs> no Dong pictures. But there, you and me calling different ethnicities trash. <laughs> that would definitely be on there. <laughs> we, we've got to do sound checks sometimes, so whatever comes up, comes up. Yeah. I actually have seen two episodes of Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. you know, so, there's, so there's two, so yeah. I'm caught up. So I'm actually really excited that somehow with this crazy schedule, me and Courtney have found time to watch those two things. And I did make time the night before Easter. There was the new Dave Chappelle special came out on Netflix. There was a Chappelle and Louis C.K. Um, two special. Chappelle specials, actually. Oh, there's two, there's of, them two of them. Yeah. Oh, shit. I only saw the one. Yeah. Anyway, my personal opinion is the first one that I saw underwhelmed. Okay. I had such huge expectations because he's one of the funniest people. Oh, of course. And I watched and I caught a lot of my time that I wasn't laughing. There was some shit that when I did laugh, I laughed pretty hard. But uh, for me, the first one that I saw, not so hot. I felt there were a couple of lulls in that one in particular. But when I laughed, I mean, I was in tears crying from laughter, like ribs hurting, all of that stuff. I've heard the Louis C.K. one is fantastic, so I want to see that eventually. Maybe tonight, maybe sometime soon. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Louis C.K., um, as long as it's something besides him saying that my kids are turds, because that shtick starts to get old after a while. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, I love stand-up comedy. And these are both big-name comedians, and Netflix is just shelling out the bucks, man, to get some awesome content. Stand-up comedy, honestly, whenever I'm feeling glum, whenever I'm just having shitty days, stand-up comedy always writes everything. I, I honestly think that 
the saying laughter is the best medicine can't be said enough because it's it's just amazing and dave Chappelle, favorite stand-up comedian of all time and that goes back to even before Chappelle show but Chappelle show a lot of that stuff man i mean that like that kept me alive in those like middle 2000s years and a big part of that was charlie murphy rest in peace charlie murphy one of the funniest elements of season two of Chappelle show one of the, just the funniest people all around was responsible for charlie murphy's true hollywood stories which included the the prince and the rick james skits that'll that'll live on in my memory for as long as i live just fantastic stuff yeah at the Chappelle show's height I was at the Gathering the Juggalos out in the middle of nowhere, this concert thing, and they did late night comedy, and one of the acts was Charlie Murphy. Nice. And the fuck your couch chants were through the <laughs> roof, and he was the coolest fucking comedian because that's a weird crowd to play to, and he had everybody in just in tears dying, and he was so underappreciated. He was fucking hysterical, and I loved. He always, when he came to the, the Chicagoland area, always played at the... Um, is it the improv at Woodfield? Yeah, the that improv, he's exactly. At? Yeah. And uh, this came out of nowhere. I just woke up one morning, and it's just like Charlie Murphy's dead. And I was yeah. like, what the f- Had leukemia, and I had no, no idea. No idea. I went and checked his Twitter, and like you know, he was always posting like um, positive passages and shit like that. And it's just, I had no clue, man. And that just sucks because he was a fucking funny dude. I think he's one of the more underappreciated comics of you know like our generation. And one of the things that was really touchy to me was... He mentioned that, uh, you know, without Dave Chappelle, everybody would still be calling him Eddie Murphy's brother. But, you know, without him, Chappelle's show, even though it still would have been pretty good, wouldn't have been as great without the the influence of Charlie Murphy and his stories. I My favorite Charlie Murphy skits when they did the real, real world. <laughs> yes. And he's like, he's like the he's uh, like, just out of prison guy. Yeah, he's like, correction, I fuck Katie too. <laughs> And he's in the corner, like jerking off while his boy Lysol is having sex with Katie. It's 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 great. Yeah, you know, um, I heard Eddie Murphy's getting ready to do Coming to America too. Oh, I man. guess they're gonna do a like, sequel. But I heard he, he was on Saturday Night Live and he completely sucked. He didn't want to do any jokes. They made a joke about him and he stormed off and left because oh, wow. he thought he was above above that. But it's just it really sucks because it's one of those people you just took for granted and you know. I'm like I'm thinking like man I missed out on some quality shit every time I didn't go see him so it just really sucked to hear that he passed him and uh Greg Giraldo yeah were two of yeah. like my favorite comedians Absolutely. that you know I wish I would have been able to see more Mitch Hedberg as well uh rest in peace to him he was one of those great just like docile one-liner guys and I, I wish I could have seen him live uh, Dimitri Martin keeps up the same style and he'd be cool to see live but the Eddie Murphy thing uh, that's kind of disappointing and you hear of a couple of guys, especially former Saturday Night Live guys who are like that, like Chevy Chase being one of them, a notorious asshole. And I believe it was Bill Murray that said one time uh, about Chevy Chase and just kind of being famous in general. You have this time when you, you get famous and your ego starts to get out of control where you have this limited window to either kind of right yourself and, and be normal, so to speak, or you will be a egotistical asshole for the rest of your life. And if you don't make that adjustment within that small window, that's it. You're, you're just a dickhead for life. And that's what happened to, I guess, multiple people in the entertainment business. One thing I would love, and I look forward to saying rest in peace, is to the comeback of MacGyver. Uh, you just told me about this off air, and I was like, what? Out of I, all the fucking remakes, MacGyver. Yeah, you know, I was listening. I've been listening to a, I've been traveling so much, so I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. And one thing that, that like, genuinely shocks me is the lack of quality. Sound quality. Like, the yeah. sound quality. It's like they're just like, oh, we're just going to hit record on our recorder on our phone and just, you know, scream at it, and one of us is going to be incredibly louder. <laughs> Like, I know not everybody has the money that we do, and they don't have the CBS backing, but Jesus right. Christ, you guys are the fucking professionals, man. Yeah. Sounds like shit. So I heard this CBS commercial, and it's a new MacGyver, and I heard it, and it was like 80s cheese, like just straight <sighs> corny as hell, and I'm like, I can't even wait to say RIP to this turd that's not going to last. I just, even when I heard the synopsis of the original one, because it was slightly before my time, Okay, it's this guy who gets out of certain situations because using a straw, a paper clip, and an eraser, he can make an atomic bomb or something <laughs> like that, right? That That's kind of the yeah. basic gist of it. And how the hell does that translate into the year 2017 without being cheesy as fuck when it was cheesy as fuck back then? 
Who are they even getting to play MacGyver? I, I, you know what? I don't know. I that's, didn't why even they, do... that's why they made a MacGruber, because MacGyver was so stupid that it was easy to make fun of. So you got MacGruber on Saturday Night Live, and they eventually made a full feature film out of that. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I just heard it, and I'm like, I want it to be dead already. And I, don't even, I haven't even watched TV, but somehow via a podcast on an airplane, now we're talking about it. B- <sighs> big up, CBS. In between you know, watching all these shows, you mentioned Better Call Saul. Uh, I've also watched because your boy Max has been, uh, pressing you to watch Bosch and I, I took it upon myself to watch it. Season one. Excellent, man. And I'm in kind of the middle of season two. He hasn't shown up yet, Max, Max's character, but it's, it's been really good so far because it takes kind of like a traditional detective story and a cop show, but it's different from all the other ones. Then that's what I was afraid of. It's like, ah, it's going to be like a typical cop show and it's going to have the the same uh, cheesy aspects to it, but it's not. It's completely different. Yeah, I've been re- I've been reading good reviews. I've been home enough to watch two episodes of Better Call Saul, one one stand up comedy special, and then otherwise my time has just been filled with lifting weights or packing for my next trip. There you go. There has been no leisure time. However, me and Courtney did carve out a few minutes to go get a four D ultrasound. Best news. Ever. And so this shit's a trip. I didn't even know what the fuck a 4D ultrasound was until Courtney told me. And we go in and we go to Schaumburg to get this thing done. And our technician who's doing it is running a half an hour late. So I'm like, what kind of fucking, what kind of racket is this? Like not there late or with not a there. Di- well, different she, patient She late. has a four-week-old newborn. Ah. And so she was at the hospital. So anyway, she got there, apologized, gave us a free thing. you know. So they take the baby's heartbeat and they put it in like a recording device and they put it in a stuffed animal. So the, like the Kyle will have that when she's born. Nice. So anyway, they do this ultrasound. All of a sudden, you're seeing real fucking pictures of your baby, man. And they're, I, guess, I guess technically they're not pictures. It's like video kind of. Well, I mean, I've got I've got gifs or gifs, oh, and gifs, then I mean, okay. to me, you knew they're a picture, but the, like yeah. the technical thing is, it's a bunch of like crystals bouncing off of and detecting motion, whatever the fuck it is. It's a picture to me. Yeah. And Kaya was laying with her hand and her foot in front of her face, so he couldn't see her. So we had to do like these massages on Courtney's back, and they gave her coke. They told her no sugar for a week prior, and they gave her a coke. And then Kaya woke up and started dancing. So I got to see. The I, fucking, I took that as. Gave her cocaine. I was yeah. like, that's that's a little messed up well, way to get the baby moving. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she moved. And it was fucking surreal, man. And like I'm seeing these pictures, and I'm like, holy shit, that is that is my child. That is my baby. And then the cool thing was, is my tech showed up, and she was wearing a Wu Tang shirt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I swear to God. And I'm like, she was being apologetic, and I'm like, hey, I like your shirt. And she's like, oh, this is my son's or whatever. But it was like a real nice lady. She was rocking a Wu-Tang shirt. And I got to see Kaya's face. Hands down, best news ever. The picture's already up on my Instagram, at Jeremy Reckline. Wu-Tang Clan and 4D ultrasounds ain't, ain't nothing, nothing to, to fuck, fuck with. with. <laughs> Mine, I mean, in case you haven't noticed through 47 episodes now, Jeremy is like the the cool one. He works out. He does dope shit. He travels a lot. I'm like the... the you should st- see my traps. I actually <laughs> took a picture of my traps. And as you're talking, I'm going to pull up the picture. I'm going to show you. Just see what's going on underneath. we got to get that on the Panoptic Outre uh, Instagram then if your traps are that wild. So, I mean, like I was saying, I'm kind of the more like stay-at-home, dorky, nerdy one. I, I'm the one that watches Star Wars. I'm the one that watches wrestling religiously. And to add on to the nerd heat pile... Outside of you know, like reading Harry Potter and all of that stuff, I, I kind of got back into reading comic books, and, and that happened when I was actually planning my Orlando trip. Oh, we got a picture of the the. Tr- oh my god, it looks like there's like a crater in your arm. But <laughs> the fucking like boulder shoulders are covered in, aren't they? Nice, I like it. Thanks, buddy. So I, when I was planning the trip, um, I looked up near where I was staying, where the nearest comic book stores were. I went. And uh, basically DC and Marvel have done a a lot of reboots the last couple of years. Like DC has this whole like rebirth series where like they kind of start Superman and Batman, Wonder Woman, all those guys kind of from scratch. So I kind of got into that. I got into the new Captain Americas and uh, American Gods, that that book I always talk about that's going to become a show in just a couple of weeks on stars. That's in comic book form now, too. I bought the first couple volumes of that. And I've just been reading those in my free time. And it's just been great because it's 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 escapism. It's just like wrestling is. I get into that to kind of like forget about the stressful shit of life. And it's kind of nice. 
and, and I wish I had gotten back into comics a lot sooner because it is just a good way to kill time. They're quick reads. They're entertaining reads. It's good stuff, and that's that's probably the best news ever for me. It's not really news, but I'm just I'm just glad I got back into all that stuff. Well, you know, it's flattering that you say I'm the cool one and you're the nerdy one. Besides the Harry Potter, and I'm not really a comic book one. I always thought you were kind of a cool guy, but since I'm the cool fucking guy, you know, it's I don't even know what's fucking cool anymore. You know, what I find as cool is just doing whatever you think is cool. Yeah. And if you're happy and you're content yeah. in your own skin, you're pretty fucking cool. No, I absolutely agree. So I've got like two weeks before I leave for Europe again, and then back on the road. So, so we'll just do the damn thing next week Yeah, we're going to try to bang out a couple of them. So if you got any travel stories, shit like that, email us at panapticoutray at gmail.com. Yeah. Panopticoutre at gmail.com. And of course, Twitter, Instagram at Panopticoutre. You can follow me, I guess, if you want to, at John Genza. Same thing, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, I, I, you can follow me, um, Black Salami, Young Bucker, at Jeremy Reckline, Twitter, Instagram. Maybe I'll start posting the body pics, but my goal is to have ab pics by summertime. So, I mean, the definition is coming in everywhere. Fucking pants are becoming a non option. <laughs> it's going to be like sweatpants and shorts because my quads don't fit in anything. You and your I- dong always slips out, too. <laughs> Little guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, episode 47. It's good to be back, and uh, we will see you in next week. We Until out. next time, fuckheads. <laughs> <laughs>